Hey, welcome to the show. Today I have Jess Marcy. How's it going, Jess? Uh, it's going great. Happy Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, been an incredible weekend. It's kind of weird, odd, you know, lots of snow everywhere kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'm in Canada, close to the Niagara region, which had a little bit of snow, a little bit like kind of shocking. Um, it was weird because it kind of came down, then it stopped, and then it really came down, and then and then it just disappeared in the morning. Where on the other side of the border, in the Buffalo side, they got like four or five feet of snow. It's kind of crazy, but uh, hey, you know what? I'm better off being on my side because I can still drive around. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, you know, other than that, it's kind of a reminder that winter's here. We're here in winter, and it's like, you know, great times ahead. So and perfect opportunity to get on to more podcasts and you know share stories and uh, have good conversations with good people yes it is <laughs> so i want to say thanks for being on the show welcome and uh yeah, thank you for having me absolute pleasure so why don't we start off the show like the way i start every show which is start off by telling us who you are what you do and how you got there okay so my name is jess marcy i am i call myself a clutter coach I used to say I was a professional organizer, but I really feel like when you say professional organizer, people have these images of perfect homes and like matching baskets and, you know, everything is perfect. And really perfect is an unreasonable goal. Uh, really, I coach people through their clutter. I started working in people's homes like a traditional professional organizer and then realized that there were a lot of barriers to getting help with your clutter. One huge barrier was financial. It's really expensive to hire one-on-one -on -one in home help. Another barrier is that there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around clutter. So a lot of people don't even want to let somebody into their home to help them because it's really, it can feel really embarrassing. I felt like that was, you know, I come from every, all the work that I do is completely judgment free, but it's hard to tell somebody that and have them believe you when they're feeling like the shame and overwhelm of dealing with a lot of clutter. So I started to do workshops in local libraries just as a way to break down some of these barriers to access. The workshops are free to the public. And I was able to just teach the lessons that I was teaching to my in-home clients in a bigger setting. The workshops were super, super successful. And I thought, oh, I should just try doing something on Facebook. Uh, so in February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, I launched a week-long clutter boot camp on Facebook. I ran a little tiny Facebook ad, and I had 3,500 people sign up for that clutter boot camp. So as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> uh, the pandemic hit, everything went remote, and I was already on that path to doing remote work. Uh, so now I have a couple of different programs that I help people tackle their clutter. And actually moving to Facebook was one of the best things I could have done because I'm able to build communities and community support when you're tackling anything is huge, but especially when you're tackling something like a lot of clutter in your life. The other really incredible thing about running programs on Facebook is that I'm able to bring in other experts into my programs. So clutter is never about the stuff ever. <laughs> it's always about the emotion, the experience, the transition that you went through in life that kind of got us to where we are today. So as a clutter coach, 
It's really my job to give you strategies to tackle clutter, but then also to listen to what you're saying and think about other levels of support, other layers of support that you might need to actually continue to move forward. And if that means um, that you also have a lot of financial clutter or relationship clutter or emotional clutter, I can bring in a psychotherapist or a financial coach or some other type of coach to really support the entire process. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting last couple of years, but I'm you know I'm here now, and we have helped thousands and thousands of people actually tackle their clutter in a real meaningful and lasting way. It's probably more of an intro than you were expecting. <laughs> oh no, it was awesome, awesome. Yeah, like it was um, you know like I found that unique, right? Like, like in a way that um, I don't know. I I don't see what the big deal is about the clutter thing, but then again. I'm naturally obsessed in, in a certain way with uh, keeping things a certain way. So with that being said, I am probably, I probably never been as far gone as some people have, which is probably why it doesn't bother me as much. Like I get to the point when things stack up, I have a habit of like my, my family says I toss things too quickly. Um, <laughs> You're on the and, other end of the spectrum. It turns yeah. out that clutter impacts women disproportionately. Uh, so it's part of it's part of like household duties. And even though we've advanced really far with kind of letting go of some gender roles and stuff like that, it's still really the the burden of responsibility tends to fall onto the woman in the household. And actually, ninety nine percent of the people that I work with are women who are married to men who don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Right now, again, I, I admit maybe I, I maybe they're right about it, right? Because I'll, I'll be honest, it's not like one of those things where I look through things and say, "Oh, this has got to go here, this got to go there." Oh, I don't use these anymore. No, no, no. I let things pile up, and it piles up to a certain point where it annoys me. I just grab the whole lot into the garbage, off it goes. And sometimes I wonder why I can't find things. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. But like, why did you get into this business? So it's kind of, I mean, I've always been interested in organization and systems. I actually have a master's degree in archival science, which is basically the organization of huge historical collections. Uh, but when I had, I have two teenage daughters and when I had them as babies, you know, kids come with like so much stuff and I was spending, I, I naturally understand organization, which a lot of people don't, which is fine. It's very easy to teach somebody how to be organized. Uh, it's actually so simple. It's ridiculous. But I was naturally organized, but I had so much stuff and I couldn't understand really why I could not stay organized or why I was spending so much time with all of their stuff and not with them. Like I felt like I was really missing something big. So I started down this own personal journey of like, why isn't this working? Like I have a, a degree in organization. <laughs> like, why do I feel so overwhelmed by my house all the time? And really learned that it was, you know, again, it's bigger than just the stuff. There's emotion, there's basic things that we never learned as children. Uh, we were taught to have a deep emotional connection and everything is important and everything needs to be saved. Um, and so what I do now really just kind of mirrors that I, after I started to figure it out on my own, I started to help other people and, you know, it's just how the, how it all goes. Like you, you leave your job cause this little side gig is going well and then it just becomes a bigger thing. So. Yeah. Well, like you said there that it's emotional, right? Like, 
and again, this is probably the male versus the female thing, because like you said, we don't understand it. Right. That's okay. and, this is really good, though. It's a good conversation to be having. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I, I And again, maybe even maybe it's not even a male versus female. It might just be me. I, I don't understand the connection to it because, I mean, I understand organization. Let's, let's be honest. Right. But organization usually is a requirement when you have stuff. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Absolutely. The more stuff you have, the more you need to be organized. If you don't have a lot of stuff, organization is completely inconsequential. And that's the thing. And maybe it's because I'm on uh, that minimalist journey right now. Maybe that's why I don't understand it. Right. So like for me, it's just sort of, a, you know, if you have something that's in the way and you don't use it, just throw it out, give it away, donate yep. it, do something with it. Yep. It doesn't. Why store it? Why? What's the emotional attachment? And, and, and I don't understand what the emotional attachment part of it is. Like, that's the part I don't get on, uh, you know, it's like, uh, and, and you know what I've seen, I've seen my own family, all oh, this was the, the thing that my mom did or whatever. And I'm like going really like, okay, well, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of falling apart. It's kind of old, you know, it's time to move on, you know, like, and I, I, I don't get it, but you're right. People get attached, people get uh, hung up on things and, and it becomes emotional, which again, to me makes no sense, but. It's actually, so there's other, so the the emotional thing is one thing, but then there's other sort of uh, transitions and triggers that bring on a lot of clutter. So when you lose a a family member, a close family member, and then you inherit a lot of their stuff, you have to figure out what to do with all of that stuff. And a lot of times you're processing the grief and you need to process the grief before you can process the stuff. But we're talking about huge households and storage units and sheds and garages full of stuff. So I think a lot of times the clutter comes in big, like big, with big events and it comes in massive amounts all at once. And it's just kind of hard to dig out from under the overwhelm of that. So there's definitely a huge emotional component for my clients. Um, but then there's also a lot of just life events that are complicated enough to deal with that come with physical representations of that event. And that's really complicated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I could see that part. I guess you're right. When, when it comes with, you know, to estates and you're, uh, and they're trying to uh, decide what to keep, what to get rid of, where to put what and all that, there's an attachment of growing up and being around kind of a memory. So, oh yeah. Yep. Memories. And, and just, just sheer volume of things. Right. I mean, if you think about, 50 years ago, we had probably like 10% of what we have in our homes right now. So it's just time consuming to go through a lot of stuff, especially if you want, if you're processing an emotion alongside it. So it takes time. Okay. So with that being said, though, like it's um, now, I guess the importance of organizing is that so you don't look like your house doesn't look like a war zone, but um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really, our goal is to make it so that your house is a place like a refuge for you. It's a place where you can go and actually feel calm and revitalized. And what we hear from so many people is, uh, I, I never, I never want to be home. I'm out all the time. And my house is overwhelming. I have too much clutter to let repair people in. Um, you know, and I just I spend a lot of time out of my house shopping eating out, going to the movies, just doing anything to not be there, which of course then makes the situation worse, right? It's like this feedback loop. (laughs) Right. So now growing up, I'm sure you didn't see yourself doing this. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I'm sure as a kid, like, let's be honest, at six, seven years old, you're the one making the mess, let alone cleaning it. Um, So I mean, it's kind of interesting. I've always, I always was 
kind of into organization, um, but, and just like spaces and, and decorating and moving furniture around. But my parents, you know, they always told me, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you're a doctor or a lawyer. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, exactly. You can do anything you want as long as you're a doctor or a lawyer. That's, that's a new one. <laughs> Right. Because um, the common one is that, like you said, you can do whatever you want. Right. Like right. Uh, and I'm usually getting it as a kid. I mean, like, tell me what six, seven or eight years old ever thought that they couldn't do what they wanted. Right. Right. Absolutely. right? Like, so it's kind of a, like a silly line. It's like you can be whatever you want. Well, it never occurred to them that they couldn't. You know, right. like, I mean, <laughs> like I use this example a lot, but uh, sometimes, you know, a six or seven years old, uh, year old will uh, forget being the firefighter. Sometimes they want to be the fire truck itself. Right. As if they can convert themselves into this metal piece of machinery, you know, like, and a seven-year-old has such an imagination that they actually believe they can do that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's like, so true. You know, and, and I think, you know, I think parents tend to put the limitations on the children. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm obviously getting to a point, <laughs> right? Um, right. So like we grow up really, let, let's be honest. In general, humans grow up with the limitations in their mind that was put upon them. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, right? So I'm sure, you know, when you started getting into your venture, you found certain struggles. And obviously, you're going to have some mindset struggles, some doubts, some, th- some things holding you back. Like, what was that one thing that sort of made you? think about things and sort of like, did you have a second thought of what you were doing? Did you have any holdbacks or were you just able to, you know, jump off the ledge and go full gung ho, no, no, no hesitation, no, no second thoughts. No, I absolutely had things that were holding me back. I mean, how can you not? Right. I, um, there's a lot of risk in going out on your own and trying to do something differently than the way that it's done. So I really, for that, it was pretty easy for me to transition into working into people's homes and starting a business as a professional organizer, but the transition is doing something bigger. So like going like with doing workshops and just having my name out there and being more visible and working with more people, that transition was really, really tricky for me. Uh, Because what if you fail, right? Like (laughs) what if it doesn't work? What if you put all of this time and money into it and it just, and you, it doesn't work. Uh, And really the thing that changed everything for me, and this is kind of a sad story, but it, you know, is we lost a very close friend and uh, who was, you know, pretty young. Um, And I just thought like when that happens, you know, life is short. And if you're going to do something, you got to do it. You got to actually just, take that fear and turn it into action because you never know when it's over. You don't know how much time you have. Yeah, that's true actually. So uh, exactly. So you got to live life. You got to explore, but like, you gotta do it. just do it. <laughs> yeah. One thing I've come across and I've uh, I'm, I'm big into the whole personal development thing. And I like, I follow a lot of the people in that space. I mean, like, and Jordan B Peterson is one of them. And where I'm going with this is that he's got, he had a saying that I heard that I thought of, and it sort of kind of opened my mind, right? He goes, a lot of times the reason people, you know, hesitate or, you know, they don't really achieve their goals or whatever is because they're getting motivation on how to be successful. 
but try, getting motivation to be successful isn't going to make people do anything right now. You'd be more successful with things if you got the emotional part of it, which is like people just don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. So if you actually try to motivate on the ba- motivate people, or you try to work on things based on how to not fail, you'd actually be more successful than you are on how to succeed. Like, right. people are, like it's almost like people can accept that I'm not ahead as long as I'm not behind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where, uh, you know, but everybody wants to be ahead, but the why is never strong enough to get ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So it's conquering that fear. And, you know, so I love how your story, it took a, it took an event that sort of made you think about it. And even though it was a sad event, it it sort of would spiral you to take fire under your butt. I sometimes I say that, um, I phrase it as my fear of failure became greater than my fear of success. So, you know, fear of, cause before there was a lot of fear of success. Like not, there was, there was fear of failure and fear of success, but like the fear of success is kind of like, what if people look at you differently? What if your relationships change? What if like all these, what ifs, you know, and you have to just kind of take those and throw them out, but you got to get to that point where you're more afraid of failing than you are of succeeding. Good point. I like that. So with that being said, right, we all have a moment, which I call that aha moment, where we go through, (laughs) you know, tribulations and we get to that point where we we feel that, okay, maybe it's not the way I thought I would get here, but I got here. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing the right thing. And I'm maybe I might have just made it. And made it doesn't have to mean, oh, I made billions of dollars. And it's not necessarily a financial gain as much of, uh, you know, a spiritual and a, uh, and a and a mindset game of you're where you're supposed to be. Things are working. So you can now elevate to where you want. And, you know, and I call it that aha moment. So they're like, I'm here. I did it. I'm on the right path. What was your aha moment? <laughs> there's like so many i don't know if i can change one (laughs) yeah because goals change right like goals change things change but i meant your first one getting into it right because like what was that moment that you knew you were in the right spot and then things started gosh i don't know if i can nail down one single moment at the beginning i feel like when this all started like one of the like defining characteristics of my journey was the fact that when I kind of switched to the online space, I had such a huge growth immediately. And I felt like I was always trying to catch up after that. So, I mean, I guess having 3,500 people sign up for a free workshop, that's like a pretty big deal, right? But I didn't have time to think about it because it was like, oh no, I have all of these people. I have to respond to these comments. I have to like, you know, like this is like, I felt I actually... Like that would have been a success, but at the same time, I felt like I was kind of drowning at that point because there was just so much. <laughs> um, but recently, we uh, we just finished our second annual in-person retreat. And during the retreat, we have a little box with everybody's name on it. So everyone has their own their own little box. And you can put a note for somebody into a, like an anonymous note into a box for somebody, just saying something that you appreciate about them or, you know, whatever it was. Um And so I came back from the retreat with my little box of notes and I dumped it out on my desk and I was reading through them. And there was one 
that said, uh, you saved my life. And that was like that, that note, I have no idea who wrote it. Um, but that note just meant that, that was my aha moment. Like, cause you know, cause being in business on your own is a struggle and, I definitely have not made anywhere near, you know, a million dollars or anything like that. There's been the financial side of this has been tricky. Um, but just see, reading that note, it, I was like, okay, this is, I'm on the right path. This is, you know, this is exactly what I set out to do was to actually like genuinely change lives. And, and even though I see evidence of that every day, kind of seeing it in writing in that moment was meant so much to me. Right. Now, who's your typical client, right? Like, because there's so many different avenues in the business, right? Like, <laughs> like prime example, take the fact that I'm an agent, right? And I sell homes. Like, a lot of times we do staging, which mm -hmm. part of staging is organizing and placement. Yep. Right? So there's many avenues which this business can transform to. It's not Absolutely. like whether it's personal living, whether it's commercial, whether it's residential, like there's so many opportunities, but we tend to gravitate to a certain thing. And that like some people call it a niche market. Um, and we tend to excel in that one spot. So who's your ideal customer? <laughs> I hate the idea of a niche market, but I think I probably do have one. Um, I have actually worked with a bunch of realtors in the past, but I think the the person who I work with right now really is a, women in their late 40s through their 70s who have more clutter like than the average person um they are they don't have hoarding disorder but they would consider themselves a clutterer that's like a word that that i hear a lot like i'm the clutterer in my house um and possibly also struggle with some compulsive shopping and that type of stuff but have also and have been through some sort of traumatic experience in the past so that seems to be the people who I draw the most into my programs. Although there's also a lot of other, you know, demographics that I work with, but that I would say that's like the minor, the, the majority there. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Okay. That, that's very interesting. So um... from a real estate standpoint, so I, I've done a lot of work with realtors. Um, the biggest return on your investment that you can make when you're selling a house is decluttering. So that's like, you know, a, a, like a no brainer in my mind is get your house as decluttered as possible. And that if you can't do anything else, would you agree as a, as an agent that that's a, an impactful thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, again, we all have different opinions on things. Um, some people love staging. I, um, I mean, as long as your stuff's not hideous, I don't really, think it matters um but decluttering is huge right you can't yeah. have crap all over the floors you know things all over your counters um yep. you know it, it's one of those things that if you have too much stuff what ends up happening is it makes it your home look smaller than it is absolutely yeah you want to have clear floor space clear surfaces and then you want to open up the closets and feel like there's room for more so that I, I agree. I'm not staging. Sometimes it's maybe worth it, but I don't think it makes a significant difference. No, I, and I don't think so either. Again, not unless your stuff is hideous. Like if you have a house that's all modern and your furniture is from the 80s, different conversation. But right. if you have relatively okay things, it's more important to be, uh, you know, decluttered, clear, open. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, have no personal. Uh, I think like one of those things that if people have to get rid of all the personal artifacts because it uh, sends an emotional thing to the uh, potential buyers. They feel like they're like they're stealing your place, like they're taking it from you. They right. forget you the concept. Yeah. Yeah. They you forget the concept that you're the one who put it on the market. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So. Yep. Absolutely. So, but I, yeah. So I like how you said you don't like niche markets, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, let's be honest, right? Like having a niche market doesn't mean that you don't serve other people. Right. It just means that you market and cater to a certain group more. Right. 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 So, and I think that's where uh, everything gets confused because everyone who starts a business and you ask them, who's your clients? Everyone wants to say the default, which is everyone. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're everything to everyone, you're not up for nobody. <laughs> right. 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 So. There are so many avenues that you can go as a professional organizer. I, so right now I train other people in the kind of the methodology that I use, which is called prioritize your sanity. And when I work with the, you know, those coaches in training, we talk about all the different things that you can do as a professional organizer. Uh, you can work with realtors. You can work with uh, downsizing companies. That's a huge one. You can do workshops. You can do one-on-one -on -one work in people's homes. You can do, I mean, there's, it's like an endless amount of, of different populations that you can work with. And that's really cool. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Right. And again, there's, I, I look at life as in, in the form of abundance, mm -hmm. right? So there's so many opportunities out there. And as long as you look at it and realize there's enough of the pie for everybody right. <laughs> that you can go out there and uh, work, you know, make your mark in uh in an area that actually makes you the happiest mm -hmm. yep so, with that being said like again going back to the fact that everybody hesitates in the beginning what would you say to someone who wants to you know take the leap of faith and get into entrepreneurship and build their own business leave their nine to five but they're scared what would your advice be I think that it's scary both staying in a position where you're not totally happy and it's scary leaving that position and doing something different. So choose your fear, choose the scary. It's all going to be scary. If life weren't scary, it would be so boring. So just take that first step, take that first step, whatever that is. And I think sometimes just saying it out loud, what, you know, the, the big thing that you want to do, just putting some words out into the universe can actually help to start to break down some of the fear. So choose your, choose your scary and say out loud what you want to do and then tell somebody, tell somebody who's really important to you. This is what you want to do and go all in with your dream, right? Like don't, don't say I'm kind of thinking sort of maybe about like, say, I want to do this. I want to, you know, change. I want to leave my mark on the world. I want to make this money. Like just put it all out there and see how that starts to shift how you feel. Great advice. I love that. Right. Like go all in. I believe that as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's all perspective, right? You can spend your whole life doing what other people want, or you can spend the life taking charge and creating a life for yourself the way you want it. Yep. And there's struggles on both sides. Which one do you want? Choose your struggle. You got it. Yep. So that being said, I love how you got into the online space. Like you found that opportunity. 
whether by accident or intentional or experimenting, whatever way you found that and you didn't hesitate. Like you just got right into it, took that, uh, that step. And now you found a world of opportunity as a result. Like with that being said, like for you to have been, you know, even tried it, you must've had a thought, right? Like, uh, well, the thing that really, really helped was I was doing workshops in person to begin with. Right. So, um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs in the online space really, really miss this critical step. You know, you have to validate your offer. You have to determine if this is something that what what you're saying, what you're selling, is this even something that other people want to listen to? Just because you are excited about it doesn't mean somebody else is going to be excited about it. And like, look, I didn't think about this beforehand. (laughs) This is all retrospectively speaking. This is why what I did worked. I was already doing workshops, standing up in front of a live audience multiple times a week. My workshops were booked like three or four per week. So I had the opportunity doing those live workshops to get instant feedback, right? Because you see the visual clues on people's faces. You, you know, you know, the top three questions that are always asked at every single workshop. I knew exactly what the, those questions are, what people struggle with. Um, so having, I mean, it was really a form of validating an offer. And again, I never would have put that language to it because I didn't even have this language back in when I was doing workshops. I was just thinking about how I could break down barriers to getting help with clutter. And it was working really, really well. So because I had such a, I knew what I was talking about. I knew what the audience wanted to hear. I knew what their questions were going to be because I had done it so many times when I transitioned to the online space, my messaging was really on point because I had already tested it out. But again, like I didn't think of it as audience testing. I just thought of it as like doing a workshop. And this is, this is why it worked so well. And I think, you know, there's a lot and, and you, I'm sure you see this all the time. There are people all over the internet telling you that you can put an offer out there and be an overnight success. And it's just not true you have to do a lot of work first. And it's unclear what that work needs to be, but you you make sure you have something that people want to buy. Yeah. Well, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of clutter in the messaging around like online entrepreneurship. Yeah. Well, this is what it comes down to, right? You bring up a good point here. Sometimes what's more important than the message is the person giving the message, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone has advice, whether you want it or not. Yep. And is that person qualified to give you the advice, right? Yeah. Like if, if, I've, if I'm going to tell you how to build a $100 million business and I've never built a, a business that's even done a million dollars, how credible is my advice? How can I get you to something that I can't get myself into? Yep. Right? Like, you got to yeah. find somebody who's been there and learn from and learn the steps that they took to get there and maybe learn what they learned. Because everyone has, like I said, everyone has uh, tumultuous times. You know, everyone has great times. And it's a path. It's not a straight line. Entrepreneurship is not straight up. Mm-hmm. It's a wave. Right? And with that wave comes learning lessons. And from there, what's the best way to learn? Ask somebody who's been through the wave. 
Yeah. And it's hard to find that person. Like that is a, that's a, a big struggle. I think for an entrepreneur is to find the advice and the business coach and the information that you need from somebody who is legitimately successful, because I think it's very easy to feign success or to kind of show some numbers, but not show all the numbers or to, you know, I, this has been one of my biggest struggles in this business is actually finding a coach who can coach me. <laughs> um, and I like really try and dig down, but it's, you know, it's, it's tricky. I find that interesting right there. Like how come, like, why do you find it hard to find the coach? Like what, again, like I said, there's a thousand of, of them out there, but they're not all for you. There's obviously one, like what is the missing key component here is what I'm trying to get at. So I think a lot of the business coaches that I see and that I've worked with are selling their product to other business people. And so it's that business to business sales relationship. And it's much easier to sell to somebody who is doing this for their business than to sell to somebody who wants to improve their life by doing something really scary and also maybe in a lot of debt and have all these other, you know. Um, so I guess I just haven't found a model, a coach with a model similar to mine, who's three steps ahead of me, or even one step ahead of me. Um, it's, you know, it's tricky that it's, people aren't used to tackling their clutter via an online Facebook group. <laughs> like it just, it doesn't even make sense how that could possibly work. And so we have to do a lot to just explain our process to our customers before they, you know, before they purchase something. Um, I just, yeah, I just haven't really found that that coach that's one step ahead of me. When I, the first coach that I hired to do the um, learn how to do like Facebook groups. So I launched given like the structure that she had set up and everything that one little Facebook ad, like somebody coached me on that. And my 3,500 people was more than she had ever had signed up for any of her programs, right? So her strategy worked for me, but then immediately I was, I, you know, my questions were like, how do you support this many people in a, a, a week long Facebook event? And she had never done that before. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's all part of learning though. I mean, I am so grateful because something that my husband said to me once was, listen, what you're investing is like a year in college and you're learning so much more than you would in a year in college, you know? So that's been like a really good perspective for me to hang on to. Absolutely. Now I'm going to get some haters on this message, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, I don't like, I think, let me, let, let's get this clear out and out of the way. I think there's a place for school, mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying there isn't, but I'm saying most for most people, not all, for most people, like give you an example. If you're a doctor, you need school. Don't want anybody operating on me who's never actually been to school, has never seen the uh, you know the tools before they got there. But most people don't need that education. And a lot of people realize that what they studied and what they're doing don't equate. And all they got was a student debt to do something that has nothing to do with what they learned. I totally agree with you. Right? So there's obviously, there's exceptions. You're a doctor, you're an engineer, you need school. You want to be an accountant? You need school. You want to work at Starbucks? You don't need school. You want to start your own business? You don't need school. But it doesn't mean you don't need education. Mm -hmm. There's many ways to learn 
but you can learn outside the system and you got to go work and learn in ways that benefit you the most and that where you grasp the most information that helps you get to what you want the most. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. You might not need school, but you need education. And there's so many different avenues to become educated. Yeah. And net, your net work is equal to your net worth. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see what you mean by the coaches. And if I can be candid with you. Absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, maybe the issues you had with the coaches and from what I heard from what you were telling me was the problem you're having is your network. You're around the wrong people to elevate you. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I also feel like at this point, um, I'm pretty much done with coaches for myself for right now. Now that's going to change in the future, right? So I'm three years into this online space. I've worked with five different coaches. Um, I just feel like right now I'm, I'm in a good spot and I don't, you know, I don't think that I need to pay for that type of coaching support, you know, right now in the future that could change. I'm always open to something happening different in the future to the path that, you know, (laughs) that whatever, whatever the path is in the future, it might change. But when I need the specific support, I will search for it. And I'm in a good spot right now where I, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm edu- Listen, I'm always learning. I am never not learning. So <laughs> that's the good thing. At this point in like, you know, I'm three years into this online business space um, and I'm good not having a coach right now. Like I am, I'm happy where I am. I don't feel like I need a, a person to coach me, but that doesn't mean that I'm not always learning. Right. So there's always resources that I'm pulling in. There's always information that I'm listening to. There's always people that I'm talking to. I just haven't landed on the the right coach for me, but it's possible that I don't need that right now. So uh, you never know where your path is going to take you and um, always open to different things popping up in the future. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, where do you see yourself going? Like, like you you discovered the online thing and that's obviously doing well for you and Mm -hmm. going by what you were saying, like I think, think one of the hurdles like my again I'm going to be candid is that uh like you said you have uh not difficulty but where one of the challenges is you have to get into detail about what you do with your clients mm-hmm. right so my opinion and this is where I'm being candid is that maybe maybe altering the message to, or simplifying the message might be the path to get, make that a little bit easier. There's not going to be no, it's like, there's no such thing as I'm going to have a one sentence sales pitch and never have to speak again. Cause everyone's going to get it right off the bat. There's no such thing as that, even though everybody, that's what everybody wants. Everyone wants the instant, right. And it's just easy. Yeah. But I'm just saying sometimes altering the message, even so slightly to a certain level where pe- more people can grasp it sometimes can shorten the process. Yeah, that's definitely possible. I mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot of possible things. Um, but, you know, again, it's what we're doing right now is is working. And um, I think your first question was kind of like, where do I see myself going? Was, yeah, yeah. Like, like, where do you see yourself in the next year? Like, what path? Like- well, I, I really love speaking about clutter. Like, that is definitely something that is one of my, well within my, um, what do they call it, realm of genius or... <laughs> 
Um, so I love being in front of people. I love talking about clutter. I love kind of delivering the message uh, to a big audience. And now that the we're, things are open again, um, I'm back to in-person workshops and I'm definitely doing a lot more podcasting and just trying to really, my goal is to have the message that I, that I kind of preach on to reach as many people as possible. You know, you're not alone. There is hope when you find yourself totally buried and overwhelmed by the stuff in your life. Uh, and there is a path forward and it does not mean that you have to go to the container store and spend thousands of dollars on containers. Like that's not the solution, but we have community for you. We have strategies for you. And that's that message of hope is really what I want to get out to as many people as possible. That's awesome. I love that. So I have two more questions okay. and then we'll get into the uh, lightning round, <laughs> and uh, which is all about the fun questions. And um, so second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Um, that's a good question. So I think at the end of the day, for me, success means that I have had, I've done something with my business that has been really awesome. Usually it's a coaching type thing. So, or, or being on a podcast like this, uh, working with people talking about what's going on, that's success for me every day in my business. And then having that balance of also being there for my family as a mom, uh, you know, I've got two teenage daughters, so there's, there's a lot that comes with that. But just, you know, showing up for them in a way that's not, I'm not a stressed out person. I'm not, you know, being available for them is is really important for me. Uh, and then I have, you know, my amazing husband also. So just, I think at the end of the day, when I've had a successful, I've talked about what is important to me and it's resonated with my audience. I've reached, uh, you know, the clients that I work with, um, and I've also been successful as a mom, meaning that I just was able to show up for my kids without feeling stressed. Uh, that's a successful day for me right now. Amazing. Last but not least, where do people find you? <laughs> uh, PrioritizeYourSanity.com is my website. So Prioritize Your Sanity. Uh, and then I have a podcast also, which is on YouTube and on all the major podcast places. It's called It's All Clutter. So that's another great spot to find me. Fantastic. That was amazing. <laughs> so we're going to get into the lightning round. And All right. question number one is, what is your favorite food and why? I love eggs. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why I've always loved eggs. I have chickens. I, you know, I raise chickens so I can have fresh eggs. Uh, they're my favorite food. Awesome. Awesome. Um, favorite vacation spot? Anywhere in the mountains. I love the mountains. I love the peaceful bit of nature. I'm a backpacker also. So I do backpacking treks. And that's that for me, if you, have, if, you know, putting everything I own on my back and carrying it through the woods for like 100 miles, is like a great, great time for me. Yeah, yeah. So you're a very outdoor person. Yes. That's awesome. Okay, favorite book. Oh, gosh. Um you know, one of one of my favorite fiction books has been The Time Traveler's Wife. I just love the idea behind it. So I've read yeah, that yeah. multiple times. Okay. I, I think I saw a movie on that. Yes, it did they did turn it into a movie. Yeah, awesome. I also love the Harry Potter series. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Favorite podcast. Okay, this is gonna sound terrible. I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. If I did have to go with one, though, I love yeah, this American yeah, life. That's one yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I love it. It's a perfect time to put that little sound in. Um, okay, I, I listen to this American life, so that's one. But really, I'm not a, I'm not big on listening to podcasts. So I, I like to interact with people and that is really where I get the most like learning and enjoyment and listening to people talking. Actually, I just zone it out. I can't focus. <laughs> I get it. Some people are like that, right? Like it's, again, different ways to learn, different ways yep. to uh, get in there, right? So that makes sense. So with that being said, so then where would be the best, like what would be your favorite spot like favorite thing to do to you know network with people like maybe a hobby or favorite hangout or yeah so I'm in a couple of different networking groups and I, I enjoy that but really um, I think I love to just chat with anybody who I'm doing any activity with so if I'm going on a hike you know I like to talk to people if I'm out at like a dinner party like I network, I'm a natural networker because I'm a people person. So there's not one spot. It's basically all spots. If you're hanging out, if you are in an elevator with me, you're going to hear about clutter. So, <laughs> sorry in advance. <laughs> awesome. And last but not least, if you had unlimited amount of money and you had 48 hours to spend it, um, you get to keep everything you spend but what isn't spent gets taken away. What would you do? I would donate every penny to charity. I would not actually purchase anything. It's not about our life is not about the stuff. It's about the experience and it's about the human connection. I don't want for anything truly. That's awesome. You know what? Never heard anybody ever tell me that they would uh, look for money. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it's always like something bigger than them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, every so often somebody would get creative and, and uh, find a way to uh, get something that produced endless amounts of cash on a regular basis. And, <laughs> you know, it's not something I thought of. It was like, mm, okay, that's a creative way of doing it. But it's interesting, right? Because I mean, I could always say, if you got a million dollars, what would you do it? And it's always the same standard questions. Like I have these answers. Oh, I'd buy a Ferrari. I'd pay off my mortgage. I'd pay up whatever, right? Because it sounds so almost like if you ask it that way, it's almost sort of like comes with an expectation and people sort mm -hmm. of jump into that expectation without giving it much thought. Mm -hmm. Where saying it the way I said it, all of a sudden it becomes the, I'm not limited. I took the scarcity out of the question. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. What would I actually do with it? What would I really want? And then you get the real answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in our core as humans, we want to help other people. We're I, I believe in the goodness of of our neighbors. And uh, you know, there's so much division in our world and anything that we can do to bridge those gaps and just, you know, see soul to soul is is really important to me. Makes sense. Well, this has been incredible. Thank you. It's been really fun. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again in the future for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, again, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, let you know when uh, we uh, when this goes up. It's uh, 
Yeah, it's been a really uh, great story. I love your story. I love your uh, purpose and passion. I mean, you can see, you know, you totally are like 100% into it. You're enjoying everything. You know what I mean? Uh, it's really about the process. Yep. I don't know why God put me on this earth to talk about clutter, but that's what happened. And so I'm here. So. <laughs> Which is awesome. Thanks again so much. Have a great day. Thank you, John. You as well. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below.